Hello and welcome to a Not So Molly Mormon podcast. Hello, welcome back everyone. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. And I said that in my most upbeat voice because <laughs> right before we hit record, Sarah and I were like, oh my God, we're so tired. <laughs> <laughs> the yawning is real. If it happens throughout the episode, do not take offense. It has nothing to do with you guys. We're just pooped. <laughs> We're just pooped, and I don't have any excuse. I'm just pooped. Sarah's... Well, you woke by up the... super early, so you do have an excuse. By the time this airs, I think you're going to have a baby. Yeah, pretty. 90 pretty sure. Isn't that yeah. wild? Yeah. It's Very crazy. Cool. Crazy thing. I mean, even right now, I was telling Katie before the episode aired in which we're recording more this week so you guys might just hear this on repeat for the next like four episodes but <laughs> you're gonna be like listening like didn't she already have her baby and I'm like yeah but we recorded a lot that week up until I had the baby mm-hmm. um yeah it's been uh it's been fun today lots of back pain and I think contractions I don't know what's happening so well, before we started recording Gregor was like just just, you know, if your water breaks, like, like, no, like yeah. if your water breaks, time. just be like, okay, we need to stop. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm recording from bed today because my back is just killing me. And he was like, oh, but you're on my side of the bed. Can you like move over if your water starts to break? And I'm like, no. You're like, no. Wow. I mean, listeners, this shows her dedication to you. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> no, it's a good distraction. It takes my mind off of all the things. So I'm happy and it's always fun. It's good to record. It is. It is. Um, I literally have no announcements at all. So I think. I don't, I don't either. I'm trying to think if there's anything that I've noticed recently in pop culture that's related to Mormonism to talk about, but I don't. I don't think so. Other than that uh, Netflix documentary we were talking about yesterday, Katie, I saw that popped up again. Yeah. Uh, someone, it wasn't even an, an ex-Mormon or anything. I just saw someone like commenting on it or like sharing it on Instagram. And I was like, oh, I need to watch this. Yeah. She's talking about the new Netflix documentary about Lori Vallow, the monster, yeah. uh, which if you guys don't know, we covered that story as it was happening in real time and now there's more conclusions to it. So we'll definitely watch that. And I think maybe a little bit of a teaser here. Um, I might be covering that with a guest while Sarah's on some much needed um, maternity leave. So be on the lookout for that in a few weeks, but yeah, I know I, I keep keep meaning to watch it, but then I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to get so mad. I'm going to get, so mad <laughs> I know and I feel like also like I really want to watch it but I yeah, I'll get mad but also true crime lately has been like a really big trigger in my pregnancy which is so annoying because I love true crime oh but yeah. it just like sends my anxiety through the roof and I get like really like yeah panic attacks and stuff so I'm like okay maybe I save that for when the baby is here and I'm just like need to watch some stuff or I'll listen to you guys cover it and <laughs> then watch it. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. And hopefully, I mean, I guess you'll have to keep us updated. Like I've heard from people that after they've had children, it's a lot harder to listen to true crime, especially if yeah. anything is involving a child. It's like almost unbearable. 
So we'll see. <laughs> that goes I think for you. that's what it is. I think that's what it is because the last one we watched was um, the I think it's like the woman in the picture or the girl in the picture on Netflix, and it's obvious it's talking about kids a lot and not uh-huh. just like. I went into like full panic mode where I was like, happening. And I was like, oh, I think it's because it's true crime that involves kids and I just can't, like, can't deal with it now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's hard to listen to even if you don't have kids. But I think like when you're pregnant or when you are just like, like just had a baby, those type of things are like more triggering. So, oh, for sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Quite sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I'll just, like, you know, watch or listen to true crime that doesn't involve kids. Just, you know, adult murder. That's fine. Yeah, I know. It's always always funny to me. I'm like, ah, I could listen to, like, adults being murdered all day. But when it comes to a child or especially an animal, I lose it. (laughs) That's the thing is I know we're on a tangent right now. But, like, with animals, too, that's been a really big, like, emotional and, like, yeah, I don't know, trigger for me in the pregnancy. Like, even, like, silly things. Like, Greg and his friend were playing some, like, video game. I think it's called, like, Red Dead Redemption or something, where it's, like, Western, but they have to, like, shoot animals to eat the meat and skin them. And I was like, stop killing <laughs> Like, I was getting really upset. And they were like, it's a video game. And I was like, I know, but I can't handle watching this. Aww. Like, I just can't deal with it oh yeah yeah no I get it and I'm sure it's way more heightened for you now <laughs> yeah and I just think it's funny but then if it's like a human I'm like eh, it's an adult it's fine <laughs> it's just an adult who cares <laughs> oh god what's wrong with us <laughs> I know what is wrong with us <laughs> oh I don't know um but okay I guess we can just get into the topic today I I wrote out these notes well actually they're not really notes um it's more of I took a book of Mormon story directly from the Mormon church's website and I copied it and I pasted it into a word document so we're going to learn about a book of Mormon story today yay oh my god I'm so excited (laughs) I knew you would be (laughs) um so we're going to be talking about Lehi's dream oh okay so that one's always been an interesting one I think as a Mormon too because you hear about it like, so often. I just remember being taught about it so much in seminary and institute. Yeah. But I still was never, like, because, you know, there's some Mormons who know it, like, the back of their hand and know, like, every (laughs) single symbolic imagery in the dream, and they can dissect it. And I remember being, like, I remember, like, bits and pieces because they had (laughs) visuals to go along with it. Mm -hmm. There were always those kind of like show-offy Mormons. I remember they were, (laughs) they usually were the kind of people that did very well in school also, and they would know everything by heart. They would have the scripture memorized, know every single piece of information. It's like, whoa, you read the Book of Mormon too much. (laughs) Too, too much. I know, and I was always like, eh. Eh. (laughs) I know but, enough. 
you know, yeah. but I, I can get by. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, is that it's just like silly to look back on now because we all know that it's just made up, but it's placed like there's such importance placed on it that they teach these. And I mean, I know once we go through it, you'll remember most of this because you're taught it starting in primary as a little kid. And then like Sarah said, all growing up and through Institute and even as an adult, it's just taught over and over as if it's mm-hmm. fact, which is bizarre. Um, yep. Okay. So to kind of preface this, Lehi is a character in the Book of Mormon, obviously. He's he's Nephi's father. We've covered a bit of Nephi. He he cut off Laban's head. <laughs> Do you know? Uh, <laughs> so right. I love to say characters. If you were to say that as a Mormon, like the characters in the Book of Mormon, it's like, no, they're people. That's so true. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that would be seen as very disrespectful for me to call them characters. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, thank you for reiterating that, because I know we have a lot of non-Mormon listeners. So yeah, to clarify, Mormons believe these are actually real people, like a true history. Yeah, like (laughs) records that Joseph Smith translated, I'm doing so many air quotes and eye rolls, um, are based off of like this is what these these people wrote in their diaries mm-hmm. or their journal entries or whatever the yeah. fuck. And then again, these people are <laughs> these people are from Jerusalem and they eventually end up traveling to the Americas and being the ancestors of the Native American people. And because yeah. we have so many facts that would back that <laughs> up. But we don't. So much it's evidence. Awesome. Just kidding. There's none. <laughs> There's yeah. zero evidence. Okay, so. Happening. Oh, oh, zero. Like, there's evidence to the contrary, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So Lehi had been leading his family through um, the wilderness according to God's plan. So Lehi and his family had fled Jerusalem because all the people in Jerusalem were wicked and Lehi told the people they were wicked and they were like, get out of here. We don't want to be told we're wicked. So he took his family and he traveled in the wilderness for eight years with this other family, Ishmael's family. Uh, oh, that's right. And didn't like they marry Ishmael's daughters or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Cause again, like we said before, women and uh, female people in the book of Mormon are objects and they usually don't have names. No. Yeah, I mean, they do say that uh, Lehi's uh, wife's name is Sariah, and then he has his sons Nephi, Sam, Laman, and Lemuel. And we know (laughs) Laman and Lemuel are the bad ones. (laughs) Can I just say, like, how uncreative Joseph Smith got and lazy at the end? It's like, Nephi, Laman, Lemuel, Sam. (laughs) I know, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. Oh, just he's his imagination is sometimes like so overdrive and then sometimes so dull. You're like, come on, find a medium ground here. (laughs) So, okay, so they're wandering in the in the wilderness for eight years, which I got to say, you don't really have great direction if you're just wandering for eight years. Uh, Exactly. They apparently were using the Liahona. Uh, do you want to tell the people what the Liahona was? <laughs> Isn't that like the compass that 
Yes. <laughs> it's like this other made up thing that Joseph Smith was like, let's throw that in there where it's like this compass that if you're righteous will lead you on the right path mm-hmm. and it'll work. And if you're not righteous, if you're sinning or whatever, then it stops working. Yes. <laughs> Which, how science fiction-y is that? Like, <laughs> it's this little contraption that, like, moves and will tell you where to go if you're righteous in the eyes of Mormon God. But if not, you're fucked. But, <laughs> yep. And it's also the name of a, mag- a church magazine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I just like look back at my little younger self believing that that was real and I just can't help but giggle like oh honey you thought that the Leahona was a real thing like a magic eight ball for Mormons (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right so they're following this Leahona through the wilderness for eight years and they finally come to this the shore the seashore and They're camped out there trying to figure out what God wants them to do next. And Lehi has this dream. And this is where we get into the dream. And this, I am now going to quote directly from the church's website for their lesson on this. I I originally was just going to read it from the actual Book of Mormon, but I started to go through it. And it's just all of these like, and it came to pass, and it came to pass unto them. It came to pass, and I was like, I can't, I can't read this. I'm gonna read the uh, the abridged version, but this is still from the church's website. This is what they teach, like in Sunday school. So, okay, <laughs> I didn't want to put you through too much torture. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> then my baby's gonna be like, "Fuck this! I'm coming out. Like, I don't want to listen to this anymore." He's <laughs> like, "I'll." Out right now, if she if I hear and it came to pass one more goddamn time. <laughs> okay, so um, it says Lehi told his family about an important vision he had had in a dream. So right off the bat, okay, it's a dream, but they're calling it a vision. So do anything <laughs> that we dream is that just a vision now? Like, uh, uh, <laughs> um. Lehi's dream made him happy for Nephi and Sam, but sad for Laman and Lemuel. (laughs) Because always Laman and Lemuel are the wicked sons. And no matter what, they're like, oh, you're doomed. You're just going to be doomed. But Nephi, who cut off someone's head, he is going to go to slush. He's fine. Yeah. He's good. He is. (laughs) He's solid. Okay, I'm sending you a little slide for the next one so that you can see the picture oh. that goes along with it. Okay. Okay, and- let me get my phone. <laughs> oh, oh, one okay. second. Okay. <laughs> so this one says, in his dream, Lehi saw a man wearing a white robe who told Lehi to follow him. Lehi followed the man into a dark and dreary wilderness. This, and also this image is like a white dude. <laughs> I was going to say, like, hey, they, they come along with these illustrations because Sarah said a lot of times they have like visual props. And this is a white angel with blonde hair. And Lehi <laughs> is a white man just with like a piece of a cloth over beard. his head and a gray beard. <laughs> oh, my God. How it just shows like how whitewashed the church is, but then also how, how much we were in the church and that, like, I looked at these visuals and we're like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how would that 
makes sense. Ding, ding, ding. That makes sense. And it's like, but wait. Also, he's just, he's like floating in the air, but also standing there awkwardly. And he kind of looks like the Mormon Jesus. It's like, who is this? With a cape. <laughs> what? He has a nice cape. Oh, he definitely has a cape. Yeah, I guess that's how he got there. He flew. <laughs> yeah, he flew and he's got a nice little blue belt. Like, I, I know. It it's like, it's like baby blue. Too. Yeah. Oh. Fashion. It kind of looks like Lehi has him in the, the, the palm of his hand, though. It's like a little miniature version. <laughs> He's holding him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they love the robes, the Book of Mormon. They love the robes. Um, Loved. Okay. So apparently, so he follows this this man, this angel, into a dark and dreary wilderness. And after <laughs> traveling in the darkness for many hours, Lehi prayed for help. And okay, so this is all happening in a dream. <laughs> How many of us, like, you have dreams where you're traveling in darkness for hours? I'm like, Lehi, what kind of like mushroom trip were you on? Because this. And where can I get some? Like, oh. how? That's a long ass dream. That's like... a long dream. That's not a normal dream. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. So when he, after he prayed for help, he saw a tree with white fruit. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot about the tree. And of the course tree the, of life. And, of course, the fruit is white. Let's just point that out. Uh, and the sweet fruit made those who ate it happy. Uh, I, I think this is interesting because, to me, it is such a clear ripoff of, it's, I mean, not a ripoff, but a spinoff of the the tree from the Adam and Eve story. Yeah, like, exactly. Like there's this fruit that's so enticing and it makes you happy and it's this white, luscious fruit. But this one's in Lehi's dream, apparently. Yep. Because I remember learning when I was learning about this in seminary or wherever, wherever the fuck we got the lesson, which was everywhere. Everywhere. School, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Just that that would, it did confuse me a lot because I was like, but what's the difference between the tree of life and the garden of Eden? Yeah. I guess the garden of Eden, you weren't supposed to eat the fruit. And then Eve did because <laughs> dumb woman. Uh, <laughs> and then in this scenario, you're supposed to eat the fruit. I don't know. I mean, yeah. none of it makes sense. Um, <laughs> okay. All of so, some fruit. All of this better be some really, really goddamn good fruit. <laughs> what's your favorite fruit? Um, I'm actually generally not a big fruit fan. And like, I mean, um, I guess my go-to and especially in the pregnancy has been bananas. Oh, nanners. Okay. Yeah, nanners <laughs> or strawberries. But other than that, I'm kind of like take it or leave it with fruit. It's never been oh. like a big thing for me. What you want to know, my favorite is quite fitting for our friendship. It's peaches. My little Georgia peach. Oh. <laughs> peach oh. Probably my favorite. I don't know. I really like peaches and like fresh cherries, like right from the tree. Mm. Oh, those are nice. So good. Those are nice. I do love peaches. I think I like more like peach flavored stuff, like peach, like fresh peach ice cream or peach cobbler. Ooh, yum. <laughs> Basically yum. anything that like takes away the healthy aspect of the fruit. <laughs> I like. Add all like the sugar and carbs. There you go. <laughs> on the tree (laughs) that we're envisioning (laughs) okay so 
in his dream, uh, in his vision, excuse me, um, uh-huh. Lehi ate the fruit and it filled him with joy. Oh, Peach uh-huh. Bubbler does that. Uh- <laughs> it does do that. It fills you with joy and then usually IBS later, but worth it. <laughs> Especially, especially if you eat it with ice cream in my scenario. I'm yeah, that lactose. Okay. <laughs> um, so Lehi wanted his family to taste the fruit because he knew it would make them happy too. And There's then family. It'll make <laughs> them happy too. Hey, don't think about it. <laughs> so Lehi saw a river flowing near the tree. At the head of the river, he saw Soraya, his wife. Sam and Nephi. So, in other words, the good people in his family. Yep. Lehi called to his wife and sons to come and taste the fruit. Sariah, Sam, and Nephi went and tasted the fruit, but Laman and Lemuel would not. Uh, we didn't call them over. That's why. Maybe they don't like peaches. <laughs> Maybe they're allergic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just, it, and by the way, at this point, we would have been 18 verses in to 1 Nephi chapter 8, and I just couldn't have said, and it came to pass 18 times by now. So, just I like, would have forward. checked out. Yeah, you're like, oh God, she's going on again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the good people, quote unquote good, delight some people ate the fruit, Laman and Lemuel didn't. Um, Lehi also saw a rod of iron and a straight and narrow path leading to the tree. Ah, the iron rod. The part that I always remember, the iron rod. And there's one other part that I always remember that we'll get to. So the iron rod, we just, I just got to say it. It's such like a sexual euphemism to me. Call to the rod, the iron iron rod. Okay, I... Strong and bright and something. True. Yes. Okay. I could. I was singing that while doing this <laughs> this episode, and so I had to pull up the lyrics to it because, listeners, if you didn't grow up Mormon, this is a hymn. And as you could hear from Sarah, who has been out of the church for a long time, this was sung a lot in church. That's why we oh, remember it. Yeah. So I, think I remember the hymn number. Is it like two o four or something? Um, it's 274. Wow. You were, that was close to those numbers for right. <laughs> yeah. So again, <laughs> yeah, brainwashing. So uh, this is also, it's not just in uh, Sunday school. They also sing this hymn in sacrament meeting. So I'll, uh, I'll read you the lyrics of a couple of the verses and then the chorus, which basically Sarah just sang, but Okay. <laughs> To Nephi, seer of olden time, a vision came from God, wherein the holy word sublime was shown an iron rod. Which, they got that wrong, because wouldn't it be to Lehi with this vision? But they said to Nephi, but whatever. Um, While on our journey here below, beneath temptation's power, through mists of darkness we must go, in peril every hour. Oh my God, so persecuted. (laughs) And when temptation's power is nigh, our pathway clouded over. Well, no, they said clouded o'er. They like do the apostrophe. Oh, okay. (laughs) Our pathway clouded (laughs) o'er. Upon the rod we can rely (laughs) and heaven's aid implore. 
That doesn't rhyme. I mean, you can rely on that rod. Rely. We rely on Celestial Jesus's rod. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> and hand over hand, the ro- the rod along. Oh, hand over hand, the rod along. Through each succeeding day, with earnest prayer and hopeful song, we still pursue our way. Here's yeah. the chorus. Hold to the rod, the iron rod, tis strong and bright and true. The iron rod is the word of God, twill safely guide us through. Yep, <laughs> guys, I have been saying that song in probably five, six years, and the fact that it came back with that much ease yep. is terrifying. <laughs> yep, and it's all about this quote-unquote vision that was in this book from this made-up character. I Oh, it just runs so deep. It, it runs, runs so deep like the so rod. <laughs> that rod is deep. <laughs> oh, God, how do they not re- like it? Especially as like a teen, because obviously I was more, but I was too naive. How did I was? How was I not like this song is so dirty, <laughs> right? It's, it really is. <laughs> Holding tight to that iron rod, it's oh. not gonna lead you astray. <laughs> Hold tight to it. I mean, do not loosen your grip. Nope. <laughs> Firm, but even pressure. (laughs) Okay, so uh, Lehi saw the rod, and it's like leading to the tree. And he saw many people walking on or toward the path. But because of a mist of darkness, some wandered off the path and became lost. Uh, I forgot about the mist of darkness. Yeah, it's like, I remember it being taught that um, it would get it got so dark that they couldn't see the rod, so they had to just hold on to it and keep moving forward, even though they couldn't see where they were going. <laughs> I know we can't stop giggling. <laughs> oh man! Oh my God! Okay, I'm sending you the next slide. Um, um, oh boy! <laughs> it says. Others held tightly to the rod and made it through the darkness to the tree, and they tasted the fruit. So it shows <laughs> white Lehigh with his little hat, and he's smiling at the tree, and they have this literal iron rod. Like <laughs> It's literally an iron rod. It looks like a hand railing, like at a school. It does. It does. And then all the lady behind him is all smiley, and then there's... I don't know what the man behind her is doing, but they made it through the mist. <laughs> and they're all white, and the woman has blue eyes, clearly. Yeah, they're all they're all white. Yep. Mm-hmm. God. I know. They I really know. are holding, it's like, it's, it's a rail, like a rail, like that you would have <laughs> in modern times. It truly is. And these people are all just, oh my God. They're <laughs> so happy. White. Yeah, they're happy little white Mormons. Looking at that fruit, that glowing fruit. That glowing peach cobbler. Um, Okay, so next slide I'm also sending to you because it's funny. Okay. So people in a large building on the other side of the river made fun of those who ate the fruit. Some who had eaten the fruit became ashamed and left the tree. What? Did you get that one? Yeah, no, I'm looking at it now and I don't... (laughs) okay so it shows the look at the building there's this big building you guys this is called yeah you remember the great and spacious building um this is full of the people who 
who mocked the the righteous ones who went through the mist. So these people, they went over to this building. It's where there were parties and people were dressed all fancy. They had like gold. They had they had alcohol and good food. So they're over there partying. And then it shows just these other people in their robes eating the fruit. And some random dude. Look at the dude on the left eating the fruit. fruit yeah. <laughs> he looks he's, like he's stoned. <laughs> he's just like, oh, yeah, peach cobbler. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, the, yeah, the whole point of this was like, oh, that great and spacious building is evil. Those are people of the world. And they're making fun of us for not coming over here to this great party. But we're the ones who have the fruit. So that's all that matters. In my head, I'm like, I'd rather be in the building. Like, I mean, definitely. They like they're having such a good time. They have their hands in the air. Yeah. They're, they're like clearly partying. Yeah. But also, I don't understand the part where it says some who had eaten the fruit became ashamed and left the tree. So why would they be ashamed because they're like not righteous enough to enjoy the fruit or joy? Yeah, I think there's, yeah, there's multiple things like you weren't righteous enough to take it or you um, were embarrassed because the people of the world were making fun of you. So a metaphor for never leave the church that (laughs) J-Dog wrote in there, like no matter how much they mock you, just be true to me and be true to this church. Uh. <laughs> Which is true. I mean, that's like a theme that's throughout all of the Mormon church. And I remember like when people may, you know, people never really like mocked me, but would like question mm-hmm. our beliefs or like, you really believe in that? Or like, you really think that's true? And I'd be like, in my head, you know, thinking like, oh, this is it. This is what the Book of Mormon talks about and the prophets that they're mocking or they're questioning. But that just means that like, I'm on the right side because. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's very much taught. Like if, if you hear someone making fun of our church, that means that we're right. <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> uh, to be persecuted is to be right. Apparently. <laughs> so, <laughs> Quote unquote so, persecuted. Right. I know. Jeez. So, uh, to round this out, this story, Lehi saw many people in his dream. Some held firmly to the iron rod and traveled through the darkness to the tree. They tasted the fruit. Others went to the large building or drowned in the river or became lost. Laman and Lemuel would not eat the fruit. Lehi worried about them and tried to help them obey God's commandments. So that's that. That's that whole chapter, basically. And again, it's shoved down your throat when you're Mormon, like, oh, the iron rod, the tree, blah, blah, blah. Um, Lehi's vision and you have to like and you get tested on this. I, I think it was was it institute or seminary? But you like I remember taking some type of test where you had to like. Basically know Lehi's vision and then. Yeah. Like, Oh, definitely. And then be able to like translate the symbolic, like what did the iron rod represent? What did the tree of life represent? Like, oh, for sure. I, I didn't attend institute, institute, but I did go to seminary, and I remember that being a test there. So it's probably a both, honestly. <laughs> the, the shit that is in our brains because of Mormonism that we could have room for so much more like interesting real things if we didn't have this in 
I mean, I could squeeze a lot more Real Housewives and trust oh. you know it in. Like the storylines alone, I could have so much more if I didn't have Mormonism crammed into my brain. Oh my god, Sarah. <sighs> uh, okay, so I forgot I did this, but thank you, past me. I um, <laughs> I I think I wanted to round this out to bring it to something more modern. So I found a a talk given by Boyd K. Packer. He's an apostle. Uh. It's called. He's dead, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm fairly. Yeah, he's dead. Okay. <laughs> um, Lehi's dream in you is the name of his talk. <laughs> <laughs> How exciting! And it was given in 2007. And I have some excerpts from it because I was like, okay, let's just show how they talk about it. Especially, I think this was a given to the youth. So. <clears throat> of course it was. So he says. Lehi's dream or vision of the iron rod has in it everything a young Latter-day Saint needs to understand the test of life. <laughs> Lehi, <laughs> right? Okay. Lehi saw a great and spacious building, a path following a river, a mist of darkness, an iron rod which led through the mist of darkness, the tree of life whose fruit was desirable to make one happy, to make one happy. If you hold to the rod, you can feel your way forward with the gift of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Conferred upon you at the time you were confirmed a member of the church. The Book of Mormon has been my iron rod. Oh, God, it just sounds so dirty. I can't stop. Like, <laughs> I know. I, don't I know. And how funny that this, like, fake dream from this fake character is, like, supposedly has everything in it that a young mormon needs i'm like what <laughs> exactly because when you're a teenager going through a lot of hard shit and like figuring out who you are your body everything like that i always refer to lehi's dream i don't know if you did but for me it helped. oh yeah oh i was like i just need to look at that and then everything's <laughs> fine i don't get any like guidance from a parent or a counselor i just read lehi's dream um <laughs> okay <laughs> One word in this dream or vision, he has to keep putting vision in there, should have special meaning to you, young Latter-day Saint. The word is after. It was, it was after the people had found the tree that they became ashamed, and because of the mockery of the world, they fell away. Mm. And after they had taste of the fruit, they were ashamed because of those that were scoffing at them, and they fell away into forbidden paths and were lost. And great was the multitude that did enter into that strange building. And after they did enter into that building, they did point the finger of scorn at me and those that were partaking of the fruit. That was the test. And then Lehi said, but we heeded them not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, also, I think it's it's so it goes again what we talk about, like Mormons saying that they're persecuted all the time. And it's because of the language that they use in the church. Like they're mocking me. Okay, we mock them on the podcast because it's funny. But, like, in general, <laughs> non-members, like, whoever, you know, came up to me as a Mormon or friends or whatever were never mocking. They were just asking questions, like, criticizing it in a, in a like, in a constructive way. Like, yeah. Yeah. you know, like, let's think about it this way. Like, don't you question this or that? That's not mocking. Like, no. That's not ill intent or 
them trying to be negative. It's just, you know, having a conversation, which I think is a huge problem that we have a whole other tangent in society in general that you can't criticize or ask questions without it being like, oh, you're persecuting me or you're mocking me. It's mm-hmm. like, no, I'm just mm-hmm. just asking a question or just starting a conversation. Like, that's oh, it. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, like Sarah said, OK, I'll admit we mock the Mormon church on this podcast, but we mostly do that for but our we own. Deserve it. Like we, we earned that shit. <laughs> we earned that. We, we've been through it and we do it as like comedic relief to work through tough shit. And we do it because we know a lot of you listening are also ex Mormon. And so it, it feels good and funny to just let that out in that way. But in exactly. person, I have never once ever it directly like in person or online or anything mocked someone for being Mormon like that's just not that's not our it's just not the way to go about it right like if you want to actually change their mind we're not just gonna mock them I mean but we share funny memes again it's because it's therapeutic to us and funny for our audience which is ex-Mormon or non-Mormon not like we're not like sending these memes personally to Mormon members of our family (laughs) yeah it's not like I'm sending them to Mormon family or friends and being like, ha, 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 I'm mocking you and your beliefs. Like, no. <laughs> You're so dumb. And we're like, the reason we find it so funny is because we were the dumb, the dummies yeah, who believe. Exactly. <laughs> we're, we're, like making fun of yeah, we're making fun of ourselves more than anything. <laughs> okay. So, so Boyd goes on to say at your baptism and confirmation, you took hold of the iron rod. Oh. <laughs> well, that sounds real inappropriate. So I hope people did not do that. And then he goes on to say, but you are never safe. It is after you have partaken of that fruit that your test will come. I think now and then of one of our classmates, very bright, good-looking, faithful in the church, and drenched with talent and ability. He married well and rose quickly to prominence. He began to compromise to please the world and please those around him. They flattered him into following after their ways, which were the ways of the world. Okay. As if that's so bad to want to be kind to people around you who aren't Mormon and not (laughs) shove your beliefs down their throat. (laughs) Exactly. And I love that it's always the same narrative of like ways of the world. It's like the no- most negative, horrible thing you can do is to be part yeah, of the world. world. You, can, mm-hmm. you can be in the world, but not part not of the Yeah. Be in the world, but not of the world. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Sometimes it is so simple a thing as how you groom yourself or what you wear, such as a young woman teasing her hair endlessly to give the impression that it has not been combed or a young man dressing in slouchy clothes, wanting to be in style. Um, sorry, what? Also, like 2007, was that a thing? Did we still tease our hair? All I'm thinking of is maybe 2007. We the bump it still might have been slightly Ooh, Yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember yeah. the bump it in Utah. I was what like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, why is everyone's hair do this little poof at the top? <laughs> <laughs> it's a Utah poof. <laughs> Utah poof. I'm just, what a funny thing for him to 
to say right there. It's like, oh, okay. But why does that matter? Why is that like, oh, they are keeping up with the world, like the worldly trends and fashion style. So then they're going to go to hell. They're going to go off. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's dangerous if you keep up with worldly trends <laughs> like the bump it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, somewhere in the worldly (laughs) the the worldly dangers of the bump it. (laughs) You saw bump it. (laughs) Oh my god. Um okay. Somewhere in little things, my classmates grasp on the iron rod loosened a bit. Hmm. His his wife held onto the rod with one hand and onto him with the other. Uh, <laughs> I am getting three some vibes here. <laughs> you guys, we're children. I can't like handle this. Um, and finally, he slipped away from her and let go of the rod. Just as Lehi's dream or vision predicted, he fell away into forbidden paths and was lost. <clears throat> mm-hmm largely because of television instead of looking over into that spacious building we are in fact living inside of it that is your fate in this generation you are living in that great and spacious building because of tv <laughs> what? because of tv sarah so well what have we learned avoid tv avoid bumpets and avoid baggy clothes apparently baggy clothes. Yeah, because that make, means you're of the world and you're going to be in the great and spacious building, which he has yet to prove that that's even a bad place to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Who wrote this incredible vision? There is nothing like it in the Bible. Sir. Wow. Sir, <laughs> how much better we are than every other religion. That's mm-hmm. just like, okay, wow. Okay. Did Joseph Smith compose it? Did he write the Book of Mormon? That is harder to believe than the account of angels and golden plates. Joseph Smith was only 24 years old when the Book of Mormon was published. Yeah, and he just plagiarized it. So, you know. It's like, what? How? what is his argument here? Like, is he saying that 24-year-old people can't write books? I mean, he should probably look into, like, literature and fiction and nonfiction bestsellers that have won a lot of awards or money. They're usually quite young, like under 25. So it's not convincing, Boyd. (laughs) All right. He goes on to say, oh, my, you will be safe if you look like and groom like and act like an ordinary Latter-day Saint, which means dress modestly, attend your meetings, pay tithing, take the sacrament, honor the priesthood, honor your parents, follow your leaders, read the scriptures, study the Book of Mormon, and pray, always pray. An unseen power will hold your hand as you hold to the iron rod. Wow. Like, he just tells you straight up, you're you're in danger. You're in danger of the devil and demons and all of this. It's the great and spacious building. But you'll be safe 
if you completely drink the Kool-Aid and look exactly like the rest of us and act like the rest of us. <laughs> like, he lays it right out right there. Yeah. Um, he goes on to say, we live in a time of war, that spiritual war that will never end. <laughs> Atheists and agnostics make non-belief their religion and today organize in unprecedented ways to attack faith and belief. Because we anti-Mormons over here, that's what we love to do. We just attack your belief. Attack. And I love how they, I've heard this before. People say like, oh, you claim you're an atheist. That just means that you're making atheism your religion. And it's like, no, that's that's not it whatsoever. <laughs> atheism means lack of belief in God. So that's it. I'm not. Mm-mm. Uh, I think a lot of religious people just can't wrap their mind around someone not being religious. So they're like, oh, you took that now, and now that's your religion. It's like, no, I just don't have one. Um, (laughs) They are now organized, and they pursue political power. You will be hearing much about them and from them. Much of their attack is indirect in mocking the faithful and in mocking religion. Again, not mocking, just criticizing. And also, we're not the ones that are heavily involved in politics, so... And trying to change, like, political things. Uh That's insane. Exactly. Exactly. The types of Korihor live among us today. Hey! Hey! And their their arguments are not so different from those in the Book of Mormon. You live in an interesting generation where trials will be constant in your life. Learn to follow the promptings of the Holy Ghost. It is to be a shield and a protection and a teacher for you. Never be ashamed or embarrassed about the doctrines of the gospel or about the standards that we teach in church. Hmm. Okay. Again, it's like, don't be ashamed. To me, this reads as like, don't be ashamed of all of our shitty doctrine and past. Like, don't be ashamed that we, we teach to be anti-gay. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we notice as we travel about the church that our young people are stronger than heretofore. I, I just have to say that's a lie because young people are leaving like crazy. Yeah, exactly. That's usually the the. I'm trying. I'm like thinking in marketing terms. I'm like not target group segment what is it called demographic oh yeah um, demographic yeah <laughs> that's leaving the church yeah it's the young people yeah. who are actually like questioning things and you know researching stuff they're not the strong quote unquote no. strong ones no you are better than we were i have the conviction that against what was surely coming and the prophecies that were given the Lord has reserved special spirits to bring forth at this time to see that his church and kingdom are protected and moved forward in the world. As a servant of the Lord, I invoke his blessings upon you and bear testimony to you that the gospel is true in the name of Jesus Christ. Celestial Jesus. Amen. <laughs> um, how many times have we heard that? Like, it's always like, it's always your spirit was saved until right now. And if you don't, like, do the right thing, then so many other people are going to be lost because yep. you were saved for this specific generation. Right? So much guilt. That pressure and making you feel like you're special 
And then you find out that literally every decade was told the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, right? It's like, oh. oh. Oh, I guess I was sent. This was all made up to keep me in the church to keep my money. Yep. <sighs> yeah. So that- especially like when you read, I remember like being in, oh, I don't remember if it was Sunday school or something like that. And like, cause you're, you know, you're told all the time, like your generation, like you're the special and chosen one and God saved you to come to this earth until now, like Heavenly Father did because you're the most righteous and blah, blah, blah. And you like have that sense of arrogance and like, oh yeah, like I am, like I've, I have to have that like, you know, righteous level and be an example and blah, blah, blah. And then you read like these talks from the sixties and fifties. And I was like, wait, they <laughs> use the exact same language there. <laughs> so yep. <laughs> yep. And like Joseph Smith was teaching that, oh, the end is coming right now. And it's like, oh, well, it's been, <laughs> it's been 200 years. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure my generation can't can still be the relevant one now. <laughs> I know. Oh, oh my. But anyway, that is Lehi's dream slash Lehi's vision slash a load of bullshit. Uh, <laughs> it definitely brought back memories of like being in church and being taught that as if it was a real historical real. event. <laughs> like it. Like, we were taught it was not fictional. It was not just a dream. It was, like, literal. Like, you needed to interpret his vision as symbolic to represent this, this, and this. And it was true doctrine. And that's what you had to follow. And hold on to that rod as hard as you can. (laughs) And firmly grip that rod. Always. (laughs) Always. Firmly grip it. This this episode, and I honestly, I just want some peach cobbler now, and I'm gonna be singing <laughs> "Hold the Rod" in my go, head this whole night. Go, go sing that to Greg after we're done recording, and he'll yeah, be like, that. "Are you trying to get kinky with me? Like, what is going on? No, you're not holding on what to my rod. No, like, why are you singing about my rod?" <laughs> <laughs> We love you and yeah, we'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.